This is what we know. The last decade was the hottest in 125 years. We are losing $1.2 trillion of Arctic ice each year. CO2 is at its highest in 2 million years, and scientists say we caused it. Good morning, I'm London Mitchell, and on Topath Radio, we are staying in contact. Last month saw the most tornadoes ever recorded in March in the United States, and it was the second record-breaking March in a row. Earlier this week, there were more than 30 tornadoes reported through the South. In general, scientists are seeing more severe weather earlier in the year, and yes, climate change is likely a factor. And yes, that's our topic this morning, climate change. My guest is Bob Clark Phelps, representing the Citizens Climate Lobby. Our group has the goal of getting meaningful climate policy enacted at the federal level. And what I mean by meaningful is something that's really going to put a dent in the carbon dioxide emissions that are fueling global warming. So uh, we work at the local level. We're organized in local chapters, like the one that I'm involved in is right here in Perrysburg, and we have one in Toledo. But all of these chapters across the country are all coordinated and working toward the same goal of getting federal climate policy enacted. There's a lot of pushback from various segments of our society that, that challenge the idea of climate change. Well, I think that that's changing somewhat. Uh, yeah, there, there's certainly a, a wide you know, diversity of opinion uh, about the subject. But what we, you know, I've been lobbying and going up to Capitol Hill for five years now. And what we're seeing is that there's a shift and very, very few people deny right now that climate change is happening or that human beings are responsible for it. I think there's the, 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 the tone of the debate is shifting more toward, well, exactly how serious is it? Uh, what do we need to do about it? Uh, you know, can we just kind of live with it and, and adapt maybe, right? You know, we'll, we'll just uh, put up seawalls or we'll, um, you know, uh, farmers will plant different types of crops that, you know, can deal better with drought or something like this. So there, there are a lot of folks that feel that maybe we can just kind of get by and we don't need to make any big changes. Uh, I belong in the group that says, you know, actually it's quite a serious issue and it, it's just, we're seeing the beginning of it now, but it's going to unfold and it's going to become, you know, more uh, crisis prone as, as we go further along, unless we take the steps right now to kind of redirect. So that that's that's the debate that's going on basically how much do we really need to do about this do we need a big policy or can we just kind of tweak things around the edges and i think the way that we deal with this is we, we really need uh to have more discussion more dialogue it has to be civil and respectful um you know we're not putting anybody down uh, we want to listen to everybody and get their input but we have to call attention to what we're seeing right where the, the facts are here you know right here in Wood County, Ohio, where I live, uh, in 2019, it just kept raining all spring long, and farmers could not plant 40% of their fields. Okay, this is a fact. Uh, in Detroit, in June of last year, uh, they got six inches of rain 
uh, in three hours. That's that's essentially two months worth of rain in three hours. Well, our, our infrastructure isn't built to handle that. So of course, you know, they, they got flooded. And these things that we're seeing are parts of a trend. They're not just outliers. They're not flukes. Uh, they're, it's a well-documented trend of more storms, more intense storms, uh, more rainfall, more intense rainfall. And these, these are the things that we have to bring to people's attention and say, all right, th these are the warning signs. Uh, now it's time to act so that we don't let this spiral into you know, a range where we really can't manage it anymore. You say now is the time to act. I've heard people say maybe it's too late to act. Yeah, that's, that's something we have to be careful of in terms of how we use our language. And, and I guess, you know, there, there's a fine line, right? We want, to, we want to make people aware that this is a serious issue and, and, and that we, we can't just ignore it. At the other time, we want to avoid the extreme of kind of doomism, right? And, and, and make people feel like helpless and, and despair that it doesn't matter what we do anymore. Um, that's just not true. Uh, yes, the, the longer we go on without taking action, the, the worse things will ultimately get. That's, that's true. And so we do need to act. And there's a certain amount of global warming right now and, and a certain number of impacts that are kind of baked in and that no matter what we do, you know, things are going to get warmer. That, that's just the fact. Uh, we're going to have more heat waves. We're going to have more droughts. But we're, we're still at a point, and, and this is very critical, where we, we can make really uh, big changes that keep the warming to a, a somewhat manageable level. We really can. I and mean, we have technology that can do it. We have a lot more awareness among both uh, members of Congress, you know, people in, in, in the street, that this is a serious issue. So I think this is the perfect time. Now, now, there's no time like the present. We just need to get on it and say, let's put the policy in place. Well, this is what they call the midterm election. Every member of the House of Representatives is up for re-election. Is climate change something we should be discussing or making uh, our congressional representatives pay attention to? Oh, most definitely. And, and you know, we understand that th there's a lot going on in the world, right? We're, we're coming off the heels of the pandemic. Um, still some concern there about whether, you know, some other variant might come back. We have this war going on in Europe. Russia invading Ukraine. There's a lot in the headlines. And, and, and of course, people's just everyday concerns about inflation and, you know, making ends meet. So we, we understand that most people don't walk around thinking about climate change the first thing in the morning. Um, but at the same time, we can't just keep pushing it to the back burner and say, well, we'll get to that later. We, we've been doing that now for 30 odd years. I mean, this is not some kind of new phenomenon that we just woke up and, and learned about today. So the, the, the reality is that it, it has always been kind of pushed to the back. And now the, those kinds of events that I talked about, plus much more dramatic ones, I mean, the wildfires out West, um, the, the very intense hurricanes, uh, you know, it, it, we, we are seeing the signs of, of what will come in, in even greater numbers. So yes, it, we need to speak to our members of Congress. We need to say that we expect them as leaders to be able to deal with uh, various critical issues all at the same time. So they, they have to, on top of all those other issues I listed, they have to make climate change a priority. And they'll only do that 
if they hear from us that it's a priority. I'm London Mitchell, and this morning my guest is Bob Clark Phelps, representing Citizens Climate Lobby. Our topic? Global warming, its impact on climate change, and the resulting extreme weather conditions. So, what is it that we can do to make a difference? A lot of people are interested in what they can do in their own homes, and that's that's perfectly uh, sensible. I mean, there, there are a lot of things that we can do to reduce our own, uh, you know, carbon footprints, let's say, individually. Just simple things like replacing your, your light bulbs if they're incandescent or fluorescent, replacing them with LEDs, which use a lot less energy. Um, you know, taking those steps that we know will, will you know, reduce our energy usage. If, if, if you've got a drafty house, you know, seal up the leaks. Uh, if, if you have a, a car and, and you're thinking about it's maybe time to replace it, well, may, maybe now's the time to look at a hybrid car or even an electric vehicle. You know, there, there are a lot of things that we can do as individuals, but the, as everyone acknowledges, the, the problem of climate change is really global. So that means that it, it depends on what people do across the entire world. And we know that in places like China, they're continuing to build coal-fired power plants, right? They're building them now. And, and when they build them, they're going to they're gonna stay in operation for decades. So that, that says that whatever we do at the individual level, and that's all worthwhile, all things we should be doing, part of our effort needs to go toward influencing Congress to take the, the right policy steps. Because if when we get a national policy in place here in the United States, especially the, the right kind of policy, it's going to spur international action. It's going to push China, India, other major emitting countries to adopt similar policies so that we can have a coordinated global response to this global problem. That's that's just essential. We, we just have to do both. We have to take steps in our private lives, but we have to reach out to members of Congress as well. You, Robert Clark Phelps, and I have chatted in the past about this issue of climate change. You have always presented yourself as a strong advocate. Is it possible for one person, one advocate, to make a difference? It's easy to feel that your own voice, you know, your opinion really doesn't matter. And, and that's because we, we have a political system that is, is big and, and sometimes feels frustrating. It feels like things just don't get done. Well, I, what I want to make sure people understand is when your voice is being raised, when, when you speak up in an organization or with coordination with thousands of other volunteers across the country, that's where the impact is made. It, it's, not, it, it's not just you. Um, it, it's really that you're being part of a campaign. You're being part of a movement. And I'll give you a quick example. We have a member of our chapter here uh, who helps out in a lot of our, our efforts. And we had a campaign to try to convince the mayor of Perrysburg, Tom Mackin, to endorse the Energy Innovation and Carbon Dividend Act. And this volunteer went out and said, I can help with that. And she started talking to neighbors, talking to friends, and she got easily a couple a dozen people signing a petition to the mayor, encouraging him to endorse the bill. And we brought all those petitions in, all those signatures. We had a total of about 40 of them. And we met with the mayor and he agreed. And he said, okay, I'm on board. I'll endorse this bill. And so that's just you know one little example of somebody going out and, and, and doing something that they could do in their neighborhood among their friends 
um, to, to make a difference. And now his name is on this bill as having endorsed it. And that adds up with all the other endorsements. We have over a thousand prominent individuals across the country who've endorsed the bill. And every, every action adds to that. You say this is some uh, one little thing that somebody does, but I look at that as, as something major. All politics, they say, are local. And, and this was a, was a great effort. One of the things that uh, we talked about, uh, or you mentioned earlier, was that there's some discussion about whether we need to take on this climate change issue head on as the big issue, or maybe there are ways to tweak our lifestyles and just accept it. But I'm hearing from you that that's not the right way to do it. We just cannot accept it. And life cannot go on as usual. Well, we're going to need to adapt. And, you know, a lot of cities are adopting climate action plans right now. Um, That's been done in Columbus. They have a great climate action plan there. Uh, Bowling Green recently just uh, voted last year to begin formulating their climate action plan. And this can involve real practical measures. For example, um, one problem is that in heat waves, there can be people who, if they they can't, uh, they don't have air conditioning, or maybe they can't afford to run it for, for days in a row, they need to have a place to go that's safe. They need to have cooling centers, maybe public libraries. You know, so these are places that, you know, a city can take steps to say, are there cooling centers in all these neighborhoods so that people who need to go there to get relief from heat waves can do so? That's practical, it's, it's on the ground, it's necessary. But if we don't take the steps to reduce our carbon dioxide emissions, then these kinds of efforts are kind of like building a sandcastle while the tide is coming in, right? I mean, you, you, you just can't keep up with it at some point. So again, we need to do both. We need to, to adapt, but we need to mitigate. We need to reduce those emissions so that our adaptation measures can be successful. Otherwise, we end up getting overwhelmed. So that's why we need to work on both. Citizens Climate Lobby. How does somebody find out more information about what your group is doing? It's real simple. Just you go to the internet and navigate to citizensclimatelobby.org or just do a search for Citizens Climate Lobby. Uh, we have a great website. There's a, a green button there that says join. And if you click on that, uh, you'll enter your email and you'll get into our you know roster. And that will do a couple of things. One is you can kind of look around on the site and find out about the activities, you know, speakers. We have, there's a monthly call for the entire country uh, and they have a great speaker on that. It's it's on a Saturday. Uh, The timing is usually about one o'clock in the afternoon here. So you can, you can listen in and find out, you know, at the national level, what's going on. But then also once you sign up, you'll be added to the roster and you'll get notices of our meetings at the local level. So as I mentioned, we have here in Perrysburg a chapter, and we have one in Toledo, and you'll find out, okay, when is that local meeting? Where is it? We, in Perrysburg, we meet uh, every Wednesday, the third Wednesday of the month, uh, and it's at the Way Public Library. So, you know, it's from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Uh, you can either come in person or you can attend by Zoom. We always do kind of a hybrid. Um, so uh, if you're a little further away uh, or you just are more comfortable staying home, you can do that and you'll find out what we're doing. So, for example, right now, uh, one of the things I'm working on is we're, we're working to get a resolution passed in the Bowling Green City Council endorsing this federal bill, the Energy Innovation and Carbon Dividend Act. 
five of the members of the council have already endorsed the bill as individuals, and we're now working to get uh, a resolution passed in, in council. So you'll find out about efforts like that. Um, we're, we're also partnering with uh, Partners for Clean Streams to do an Earth Day service event and uh, help out at the Glass City Marathon. And that website address again is citizensclimatelobby.org. I want to thank my guest, Robert Clark Phelps, for his insight. I invite your comments at my website, londonmitchell.news, or via Twitter. And please join us again at the same time next week when we will again be staying in contact. Have a great weekend.